music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwagner. There is a thunderous noise coming from the mellow landscape of Vancouver Island these days. Hailing from the Cowichan Valley is a shaggy-haired foursome who are not only bursting onto the BC music scene, hot off the release of their newest EP, Tempest, are starting to share their name with Canadians all over the country and are starting to break out into a few different continents as well. Mixing vintage southern blues sensibilities with screeching and electrifying guitar riffs, thundering drums, and lyrics that are true to the heart. These rock and roll brothers in arms represent a new generation of North American rock bands. Nuts and Bolts Rock and Roll is how many would describe the dynamic of sound and electrifying live performance that is Band of Rascals. Band of Rascals is made up of four friends with very distinct characteristics, like the name would lead you to believe. Lead singer Sam Trainer is all that you want out of a frontman. He's charisma in human form, flowing locks and howling vocals. Malcolm Owen Flood is known for his magnetic lead guitar playing and his studio chops. Sean the Noche is the kind of bass player that great rock tales are written about, and trust me, most of them are definitely not PG friendly. And the band is grounded out by Marcus Manis, a flame-haired hero armed with a set of drumsticks and a killer smile. After the tremendous success of their debut year and their debut EP, the band felt like they were just getting started. And even with insane responses, it showed them that it was only just the beginning. And this holds true as the band is continuing to break new ground, performing in constantly growing audiences and new markets, continuing to write new music and not rest on their laurels, and pushing the boundaries of what defines modern rock while still mixing in that classic blues sound. With their music currently being played in three different continents and 61 different countries, the band is striving to keep pushing forward and continuing their impressive upward trajectory. Today, my guests are Malcolm Owen Flood and Marcus Manis, lead guitarist and drummer for Band of Rascals. Hello and welcome to episode 20, and this is the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host, your referee, your MC, and whatever I choose to be, Colton G. And thank you guys so much for tuning in today, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on iTunes, Castify, CastBox, Stitcher, Google Play Music, whatever you're listening on, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for tuning into the Desert Tiger Podcast, because it means so much to us, and I hope you enjoy our episode today with Malcolm Owen Flood and Marcus Manis of Band of Rascals. Before we get to our interview with Marcus and Malcolm, you know we gotta take care of a little bit of business and play you guys a little bit of music. So first off, I wanna tell you guys about 
Audible. If you guys are like me and you love reading, but maybe you don't have the time to read all the time or as much as you would like to, audiobooks are a great solution to this. And I'm going to hook you guys up. If you go to www.audible.com slash DTP, you're not only going to get one free month of the Audible service, they're also going to hook you up with one free audiobook. And if you guys decide to continue subscribing to the service after your free month is done, Audible is going to go ahead and hook you up with a second free audiobook. That's right, you can try out the service and you get a free audiobook in order to do that. Plus, if you like it, they're going to hook you up with another audiobook after that month just to keep you going, to keep you learning, to keep you hearing, to keep you listening to whatever it is you want to. I also want to take a quick moment to tell you guys about Collar and Elbow. Collar and Elbow is a streetwear company that is inspired by wrestling and started by Fort Rumor WWE superstar, former TNA wrestler. He is trained for both companies, Mr. Al Snow. Al Snow decided to start up Collar and Elbow to help not only support athletes and wrestlers, but great podcasts like the Desert Tiger podcast. And if you guys head over to their web store and use the code DTP when you're checking out, you're going to go ahead and save yourself 10% off at the Collar and Elbow web store. Alright, you know we need to get into our interview. But before we do that, we need to play you guys a little bit of music by Band of Rascals. So I hope that you guys are ready to get loud. Because Band of Rascals is ready to holler.
Hear me holler when you go Tell me where Let me know Hear me holler when you go Tell me where Let me know Hear me holler when you go Tell me where Desert Tiger Podcast. All right, we are here with two of the members of Band of Rascals. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves and what you play in the band? For sure. Uh, I'm Malcolm Owenflood. I play guitar and harmonica. And I'm Marcus Manaz, and I play drums. Awesome. Kick ass. All right. So how did the band of rascals end up getting together? Uh, so Malcolm and I, um, we used to play music together when we were kids, like 11 or 12 or something that we played covers in my garage back in the day. And, um, and then we went to different high schools and kind of lost touch for a while. And then Malcolm just messaged me one day on Facebook and asked if, um, I had anything going on and I had just gotten out of another rock and roll project uh, in Victoria a few months before. And, uh, and yeah, we just decided to jam and, and he brought Sam, our singer, and I brought a bassist and, um, that was pretty much it. We just got together and, uh, yeah, it was just fun playing rock and roll and the rest is history, I guess. Nice. Awesome. So when around was that? That was, um, probably we our first jam i think was like may of 2013 um and then we we pretty much just jammed like i don't know three to four days a week or something like that whole summer um and then malcolm and sam both went traveling for um quite a while it was we took probably like eight eight months six six eight months off i guess when they were traveling and then got back to it in in 2014 um so yeah it it pretty much really started in, in 2014 for us Okay, nice. So, did you guys play a lot of shows before you recorded your first EP, or...? Uh, you know what? I don't think we played that many at all. I think we, we played our first show um, July of 2013, July 6th, and it was at um, just a, a pub around here. It's the local, the local watering hole. Um, so, yeah, we played there, and then I think we just we just kept writing, and um, because we didn't really have any expectations, we weren't really actively pursuing gigs. We were just writing and having fun, and then um, we recorded a couple songs uh, right before Malcolm and Sam went traveling. And then um, I think when you guys came back, we had that show at Upstairs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So really, it wasn't much. We um, yeah, we we played a little bit. Uh, yeah, one gig basically recorded a couple songs, and then. Um, when they got back, then we started pushing it and, and getting more shows. But, yeah, we didn't really play too much, so. Okay. So, after you, who did you guys record that EP with? Uh, I actually recorded that one. Um, oh, wow. I, that's what I did. I record, record bands, and uh, so it kind of made sense that you give that a shot for the first one, and that, that worked out great for us. And then 
after that, we decided that we would try uh, going to an outside producer kind of thing, just to like bring an unbiased opinion into it. And then that was the result of this new album we just released. Oh, awesome. That is pretty awesome. So what was the transition between uh, your guys' first EP and the new T- EP, Tempest? There was, uh, there was a lot. Things kind of, that's when like things started taking off. Um, like we started getting more festivals on that first album and uh, some radio play. Uh, we hooked up with our management team. And then uh, all this while we were writing the next album. And uh, while that was going, we just kept on planning and planning and writing and writing. And then we hooked up with Eric Ratz, the producer of the new album. And uh, that conversation started. And then all of a sudden, we were just back in the studio. It kind of went really quick. Even though it was a few years, we were just so busy through it that it feels like the ball never stopped rolling at all. Just from one album to the next, seamlessly. (laughs) Mm Hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, did like everything just sort of fall in line for you guys, or was it just sort of like really hard? Did you guys just like work really hard at putting your name out there at the beginning, or how did you guys end up getting like all the radio play and all like and everything like that? Um, it was really organic for us. I don't know. We didn't really. It's kind of strange to 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 say i guess but we didn't really try we didn't have any specific goals in mind early on you know we just kind of went with it and um yeah we we hooked up with jesse roper early on um he really liked what we were doing and so that was cool because he already had his own thing going on in victoria so we played a couple shows with him and it just kind of snowballed from there really we just um you know we met a lot of really great people in victoria and um and then yeah the, the radio play started with the band of the month feature from um, the zone, the zone at 913 in Victoria. Mm-hmm. They chose us as the, the feature band for January of 2015, I guess. And, um, and then after that, we had a really good relationship with them. So anytime we released music, they were awesome and, and would spin it for us. And um, yeah, it just kind of all really, it built really organically for us. And that was really cool. We weren't, you know, it's not like we were really, Slugging it out, trying to get radio play or anything like that. Um, yeah, the mm-hmm. zone's just been really, really awesome to us, and, and made it really easy for us. So, yeah, that's good to yeah, hear. It's good to hear sure that you guys. Oh like, god, I'm sure it's easier to us now than it was though. Like, yeah, yeah, back, yeah. It seems like it was just effortless, but I'm sure during the time we were probably feeling the, like, yeah. the battles a little more. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, so, pulling yeah, your hair out. A walk in the park or anything like that um that's for sure i mean yeah we were grinding it just i think it just uh we we got a lot of support um from victoria and that really helped us so uh, but yeah i mean we definitely we put the work in for sure so nice that's good uh how is working with eric ratz a producer that's worked with bands that definitely have a like bluesy sort of sound like yourself like big wreck and Danko Jones has a little bit of blues songs. The Arkells, Big Sugar. Like, what did he add to the experience, and did he add anything to the band? Yeah, he was he was amazing to work with. Um, he taught us a lot, I think. And we like we we did pre pro with him before recording, where we we kind of like workshopped the songs, and he had lots of suggestions for us, and kind of just pushed us to make it as best as we could. 
Um, so he really set like kind of a standard for us, I think. And then uh, working in the studio with him was amazing as well. He, he really kind of embodied what we were going for. And, and it turned out exactly, I think, how we wanted it to. Um, and I don't think it would have happened without him understanding our vision for it. Yeah, definitely. You have to have somebody who understands the vision and is able to represent that in a good manner. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, and plus, he just had like a thousand cool stories about all the bands <laughs> he's worked with. That was really inspiring. <laughs> yeah, man, it was awesome. Right from like the very first time we met him, um, like when he flew out and did pre-pro with us, um, right from the beginning, it was like I think we clicked really well. And um, yeah, he he actually spent some time living out here on the island too. So I feel like we connected from that too. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was really cool right away. And, and um, yeah, I think we saw eye to eye on it. And that was yeah, it just made it really really seamless for us. And and um, yeah, it turned out exactly how we wanted, like Malcolm said. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. Did it take you guys a while to break off of the island, or was that an easy transition? Uh, yeah, like it, I think it was. Uh, it was pretty much this album that did it. Um, but like, well, we released the single a little early, and we did a couple mainland trips and Ontario trips and stuff like that um, before the release of the album, and that started bridging the gap. And now with our latest single, Holler, it's it's kind of finally happened, and uh, we feel at home out there now. Yeah, it's a killer single, guys, so I can understand how it's getting you guys some ground. Oh, right on, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we're. I'm really proud of that one. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that was my... That's so tough. I don't know if, that's, I don't know if this is going to be a question, but I think that's uh, one of my favorite off the album. So I'm really happy that people have embraced it like they have. It's been pretty cool. Okay. Do you guys have a song off of either of your releases that mean the most to you personally? For me, it's Altitude off the new album. Um, I don't know. There's something about that riff. It's just kind of special to me. And uh, and then I'm really, really happy with like how everybody else's parts came together respectively. I love the drum groove, love the lyrics and vocal melodies and the bass line. It just like wrote that riff and then it came together awesome. And so... That was uh, that was one that I was just I feel special about for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really. Did you say this one and the last one, or or the last one? I said any song off either of the releases. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> man, that's so tough because I yeah, Holler for me was like I I really enjoyed the song um, like writing it was really fun and and I love playing it too, but. Uh, I'm going to go out here and say Control off the new one was like, I don't know, man, I, I love playing that song. And, and same, like Malcolm and I um, wrote that one uh, a couple of years ago, actually, at my place. We were just jamming and, and came up with that one in like, I think one, you know, like a couple hours or like an hour or something like that, the music anyway. And um, so then to see it kind of go through, you know, the process and come out on the record, um I think it's really cool just because we're sitting in the actually where we wrote it, which is, it's kind of funny right now. I'm like totally remembering writing it. And, and it, yeah, it was just, it's really cool to see that one come out and, um, and to be on the record and, and to sound the way it does. I'm, I'm stoked on it. So nice. Well, that's it is. It's a very good record all around. So I'm awesome. very Thank proud you. of you guys. <laughs> <For that. laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, how was your first run of Western Canada to support that album? Great. Um, I mean, they, they've all been great, but uh, these have been these, uh, these last few tours. I guess have been our first. Uh, or I guess that was back in July. We did our first tour with Packin. Is that right, Marcus? Uh, yeah, yeah something yeah, around there. Yeah. Anyways, we we recently signed to a, a booking agent who's really stepped up our tours. Um, okay. Getting us in some rooms and uh, hooking us up with cool bands and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of made uh, touring life a little more exciting for us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. You guys have had the uh, opportunities to play quite a few different festivals and share the stage with quite a few different artists who are quite storied and famed in the Can- Canadian rock history. Old it. Old it. Yeah, it's been very cool. Yeah, what was it like to share the stage with like the likes of Matt Mays and Sam Roberts? It's awesome. Uh, you know, like exactly the people we want to be sharing the stage with so yeah the more that's happening we just the, the more we know we're on the right track i think um we can learn a lot from watching those guys as well yeah just how good they are on stage and how professional they are just even off stage so the good role models yeah for sure yeah those guys are awesome and um and they're just all so talented i mean they're always on so it's really cool to watch um yeah those are they're world-class musicians all of those guys you know and uh so yeah it's, it's totally been a, a huge learning experience playing with them um and it's really cool to to you know brush shoulders with them a little bit um backstage and stuff like that it's, it's really cool so um yeah it's kind of like childhood dreams like for sam roberts i used to listen to sam roberts when i was a kid so um yeah it's pretty awesome that's good that's good that you guys appreciate the moment and you're willing to take it in yeah, it can be hard sometimes, I think, yeah. like, like living in the moment. <laughs> We're getting better. <laughs> sometimes you don't think about it until like months later. And you're like, oh my God, I just like opened for one of my favorite bands ever. Like, <laughs> I think that actually, when we went to Ottawa um, last year for Juno Fest, I think that one, like you say, it took, that took a couple months, I think, to actually realize. Because it was, we did a lot of stuff in, in the course of like three or four days. And then, so we didn't really have time to appreciate it. And, and then, yeah, like, looking back a couple months later and like, man, that was crazy. Like we walked past, um, like the drummer for Billy talent and, you know, like just like, you like, Hey, <laughs> you know, like you don't even think about it at the time. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think we're getting better at, at living in the moment for sure. That's good. That's good. You guys have to appreciate it while it's happening. Some people let it pass yeah. them by too fast and then they're always trying to recapture it. Totally. All right, are you guys excited for your run of Ontario and a little bit of Western Canada on the way back? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, super stoked. <laughs> I think this is going to be the best one yet. I, like, we love the bands that we're touring with, um, and, and they're doing really cool stuff as well. So it's kind of a perfect storm of exciting rock and roll music. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've been off um, since we got back from the last, um ontario run that we did and um we played a couple shows here just like a christmas sort of thing that we usually do every year um Mm -hmm. but yeah we've been off and so i'm i'm itching to get back on the road and um it's coming up quick so yeah i'm really excited to get back. i think everybody's just stoked to get back out um and ontario's always been so good to us so uh 
we're stoked, man. Playing new cities and, and meet new people is going to be great. Yeah, you guys are playing Vancouver this Friday, hey? And then you guys are heading out to Ontario for the beginning of February. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and then uh, we fly back from Ontario the day we have to play out on, like, this little beach festival on the <laughs> island. Like, so we fly back and drive immediately to the beach, and then I think we have, like, one day of rest before we take off for BC, Alberta. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a busy one. <laughs> oh, well. It's you. You guys have to hit the road running, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really optional. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys have any favorite stories from recording or touring that you would like to share? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Touring is like never ending. I gotta like try to think of. Oh well, we've got like. This is actually kind of funny. I might tell it. This might be really awful. I apologize in advance. This is just a painfully hard story to get through. But anyway, uh, our bassist, Noachman, he is he's known to be pretty stressed out um, quite often. And so um, <laughs> we were going to Toronto uh, in April, I guess, of last year. And he had this, um, he had a, a pass to get in the Air Canada Lounge. And uh, uh-huh. so we had an early flight. I think we had like the 6 a.m. flight out of Victoria. And so anyway, we were waiting for Noach and, and, um, and Malcolm texted me. He's like, man, we're going to be late. Noach apparently forgot his pass at his house. So we turned around halfway to where we were meeting, turned around, went into his apartment, looked for it. Like, I mean, he probably looked high and low, couldn't find it. Turned around, came back, ended up making us, we were like half an hour late for this flight. Like it had already boarded, I think, or it was already boarding when we got to the gate. And they were like, you guys, like, you missed it. Like, that's it. There's no chance. And we were like, come on, you got to do something. They got to let us on. So eventually, they put us on standby, and luckily, um, we made it on. But Noach and I sat together, and we didn't see Malcolm or Sam. Um, and so we thought they got left in Victoria, and we were freaking out. And I guess they got left, <laughs> and they were kind of, like, hidden around the corner. And, oh, man, it was so funny in the moment. Noach and I were like, oh, my God, man, these guys are still in Victoria. Like, what are we going to do? Like, all of our gear is here, like, they're still in Victoria. They're like five hours away. We're in Toronto. We have no idea where we're going. Anyway, walked like another 20 feet and Malcolm and Sam were there. But the stress, man, for that six-hour flight was insane. Like, we were freaking out. We're like, we wouldn't have, like, missed the gig. <laughs> yeah, it would have been so brutal. But So now, Noach, man, every single time um, before we have to get a flight, we make sure we tell him to, to grab his lounge pass. And um, and if he's late, that's it. He's out. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great one, but. <laughs> driving driving down the streets of toronto hollering out the window we need musicians yeah pretty much man that's what it felt like anyway we're we're freaking out but uh anyway they were there <laughs> by far the most pg Noachman story we have for you as well <laughs> you don't have to stay pg if you don't want to but that's up to you <laughs> Maybe we'll circle around to something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Desert Tiger Podcast. Don't you worry. It's not over. Don't fret. Don't go anywhere. We're going to get back into our interview with Malcolm and Marcus right away. But before we do that, we're going to take care of some business and we're going to play some more music for you guys. So the first thing I want to go ahead and do is let you know a little bit more about Collar and Elbow. Collar and Elbow is one of the great partners that we have that allow us to bring you the Desert Tiger podcast weekly for free. 
and right now they have a lot of great items on sale. All of their New Year's line, including a very killer fashionable lady shirt, are $20 right now. The beanie is 20% off, slash $5 right off of it. The Planet of the Capes signature shirt, Shames Helm shirt, is 50% off right now. The Simon's Gym shirt is 66% off right now. You can get a towel as well for 50% off. That's just $5.99. And if you guys plug in the code DTP when you're at the Collar and Elbow web store checking out, you're going to save yourself an additional 10% off of that 20%, of that 50%, of that 66%. So go ahead and look that up right now and cop yourself some fresh wrestling-inspired streetwear. Alright, so we're going to play a little bit more Band of Rascals for you guys. So I hope you guys are ready to open up your ears, because this song is called Little Longer Now. Like I shut my way a little longer this down things around a little longer now a little longer now a little longer now how much longer will this down stick around Oh, the the song's over?
Well, this is a little awkward, but I guess you guys caught me in the middle of listening to a Game of Thrones by George R. R. Martin on Audible. What's Audible, you ask? Well, Audible is a service that is offered by Amazon in which you can listen to audiobooks on your tablets or your phones and carry them with you everywhere. And if you go to www.audible.com DTP right now, they're not only going to give you a free month of the Audible service, they're also going to give you one free audiobook to get you started. Whether you're into fantasy like a Game of Thrones or you're into science fiction, if you're into self-help, if you're into westerns, if you're into romance, Audible has thousands upon thousands of books for you to try from. And if you decide you like their service, after that free month, they're going to give you another free audiobook to keep you going, to keep you listening, to keep you learning. Once again, that is www.audible.com DTP www.audible.com slash DTP for one free month and one free audiobook to get you started. What do you have to lose? Alright, we're going to get back into our interview with Malcolm and Marcus of Band of Rascals. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Nice. Do you guys have any must-have item, must-have comfort food when you're on the road, when you're touring? A pillow, something to make you a little more homely. I'm probably the most guilty for this. I've got, like, this loft in the RV. Like, I'm above above the cab in the little, like, overhead beds there in our RV. And uh, I usually have that to myself unless we're touring with a roadie. And I kind of, like deck it out i've normally got like 10 different books a bunch of pillows and blankets and stuff like that i've, I've now got a neck pillow i just picked up for the flying <laughs> it's like a nest you should see it yeah, and i pretty much hibernate mm. up there between shows he just shuts his curtain and you don't see him until we play it so funny. <laughs> um but i think it depends like like when we're on in the rv yeah i think um having my ipad with me uh, I usually download some Netflix shows or something like that, or like some good music, and pretty much that—that's just entertainment because it, it gets pretty boring sometimes when you're driving, especially at night or like through the prairies. Kind of gets old pretty quick. <laughs> it's pretty flat, so uh, yeah, yeah, I can sort of, understand that. Uh, and then same thing with flying. I think um, the the really early business flight to Toronto is. Uh, on Air Canada Rouge, and Air Canada has been great, but that Rouge plane is tiny. It's like a prop plane. It's so bad. So uh, having something to, to pass the time, yeah, like an iPad or an iPod even or whatever, um, those are some must-haves for sure. I can agree with that. Definitely have need things to keep you busy while you're on the road. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you guys have planned for the future of the band after the tour uh well there's more there's, yeah <laughs> there's gonna be a hometown show that we haven't quite penned in the details for so i won't give you too much on that um which will be fun though those are always a blast and then uh see we're gonna probably get the music video out in not too long we're uh we're writing we're always writing festival season's ramping up we're booking that already um and there's even we go the the september or october tour is like is that enough is 
that's I don't know. Not exist enough to actually stay. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yeah, never mind. But, but there might there might be something cool in the works for for the fall. Um, but we are just waiting to hear more details and whatnot about it. So, um, but yeah, it, it's just a lot of playing, I guess, right now, and and writing for sure. Um, yeah, both of those. That's pretty much what we're looking forward to for the rest of the year, as much as we can. Um, yeah, it's starting to shape up, so we're stoked. That's good. You guys got to be stoked, right? Got to be excited oh, for yeah. the future. Yeah, for sure. <coughs> All right, so what got you guys started in music? Kind of like impossible to know <laughs> too long ago. <laughs> um, I got my first guitar. I picked it out of like the Sears Christmas catalog. <laughs> oh, and, wow. Uh, I like. I, I like asked for it like three years in a row, and I finally got it, and uh, that was it. <laughs> why, why did you want a guitar? I have no idea. Like I honestly I have no idea. You just I, I looked through that catalog every year and said I want the guitar, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I asked for the black one. I got the red one. <laughs> You're super disappointed. God, that was so <laughs> heartbroken, um, right? That's awesome. Yeah, mine. Um, I don't know, man. I know exactly why. It's just kind of embarrassing, to be honest with you. Everyone's got... It seems like when you hear musicians talk, they have, like, these cool moments where they see, like, Mitch Mitchell playing drums with Jimi Hendrix, and they're like, I want to be like him, or whatever. But for me, for me it was so lame. I uh, I was watching Drumline, the one with Nick Cannon. I'm pretty sure it's a Nickelodeon <laughs> special. And um, <laughs> I decided, man, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to play drums. That looks really cool. But I didn't want to play... Um, like, I didn't want to play snare drum. I wanted to play drum, like a drum kit. I knew that. Um, and yeah, I just, I told my parents and uh, pretty much, yeah, they, they were really supportive. They were like, cool, let's do it. And yeah, started lessons and, and that was it. But it's such an awful story. I need to make up a new one. I should make something cooler. Cause that's like, <laughs> although Nick Cannon inspired me to do something. So there you go. That's pretty awesome. So. That is pretty awesome. It, you don't have to feel too bad because I know a hardcore drummer that was actually inspired by the same movie to get started. So, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That, we yeah. Know, man, they um they definitely market that well. You know, like it makes drumming look pretty cool. So <laughs> I uh, I was stoked on it for sure, and I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one. Oh, I'm sure there is quite a few, especially the stick flips and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty showman, pretty good showmanship in that one for sure. I'm trying to get yeah. them to start doing some of that stuff in our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get there when he's comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who are your high school idols and inspirations? All right, uh, I was like a pretty big metalhead um, through high school, so like. John Five was a guitarist I really like, who played with Manson and Rob Zombie, but he's like a shredder country player as well. Uh, Zach Wilde, uh, I can't even think, Adam Jones from Tool, uh, Darren from System of a Down. Those were definitely like the, the guitarists that I was reading about in magazines and, and yeah. learning and stuff. Um, but I think before that, there was just like good old-fashioned rock and roll, ACDC stuff. <laughs> and Skinner. Skinner's definitely a huge guitar influence for me. Um, so it was rock and metal that really did it for me. And then I think a little later than that, at the end of high school, I found John Mayer. I went soft for a little bit. Soft, yeah, right. He's like the best, man. Oh, he's the best, but he's soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
he's better than all those guys I listed, but yeah. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I I don't know. I went through some really just just awful um, awful music to be honest with you, and um, uh, I don't know. I I really was also into like ACDC and stuff like that when I was playing uh, drums when I was younger, you know, like discovering that and, uh, and Zeppelin too. I mean, Bonham's always been a big influence for sure. Just the style of play. Um, but then a, a big one was, was actually a drummer named Pat Stewart um, who played for Brian Adams and played on summer 69 and, and stuff like that. I met him at a festival when I was, uh, I think like 13 or something like that. Um, I was playing with another band and, and yeah, we just became friends and, and he was like a mentor and still is. Um, he was at, he came to the woodshop or I mean the warehouse story in Vancouver when we did the last record, he came out there and hung out for a bit. So um, I think he was a big influence um, for me. I, I took lessons with him and stuff like that and just um, kept in contact. And, and yeah, he, he was a huge one. But musically, yeah, John Mayer, and I got into John Mayer in grade 10 probably and um, Continuum was like a life-changing album and that's where I discovered Steve Jordan too, who's now my favorite drummer of all time um and yeah i think i think that's high school that's that's pretty much it um a lot of terrible rock and then a lot of uh yeah john mayer and, and <laughs> that's about it <laughs> <laughs> well if it gets you there right <laughs> yeah for sure um yeah I, I think i learned a lot from that continuum album too um just steve jordan's playing is so effortless and and so tight um so that was kind of life-changing really and and definitely changed the way i played so i am happy i found that that's good that's good you have to find the inspirations and yeah yeah for sure the fact that like the music can still do that to people is fantastic oh yeah that's awesome yeah so what's on your guys's current playlists Mm, okay. Should I just go into Spotify here and check that out? <laughs> I'm gonna do that because I'll never remember. I'll just do my recently played. Yeah. Oh man, that's dangerous, but we'll do it. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm listening to a lot of the bands touring with out in uh, in Ontario, Texas King. Uh, listening to them a ton, and then uh, Sun K as well. Um, pretty stoked to tour with both those bands. I think together and Trek Taylor. Um. Mm. Yeah, totally. I okay. I'll, I'll read a couple off my recently played on Spotify. So I have uh, Adrian Underhill, um, Laney. I don't know if you know the band Laney from, I think they're from California, but they. I actually saw them opening for John Mayer when he came to Vancouver. They're pretty awesome. Um, and then I was listening to Thelonious Monk and Gorillas, Japanese House and. Miles Davis, that's my recently played. <laughs> so, nice. kind of all over the place. Some, some old jazz in there, and then uh, a lot of sort of more poppy stuff too, but it's all over the place and it changes so often that um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's never the same genre and, and it's always changing. Well, it's a lot more fun to be eclectic, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. You don't want to be all in the same genre. So, yeah. Nice. Okay, so what are some of your guys' interests outside of music? Uh, you know, I need to develop some. <laughs> it would be healthy. I read. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I read. Lately, I try and exercise. Yeah, that's good. I like to eat a lot as well. Yeah, eating eating 
playing music and uh, sleeping, and those are good. good <laughs> no, I, um, yeah, I, I've got a. I used to race motocross when I was younger, so I think motorcycles have always been like a. They've always been a big interest for me. Um, I actually rebuilt a, a bike last year into a cafe racer, so um, that's always been. Yeah, that's like a, a big interest, and I'm always sort of um, working on my bike and and you know doing that kind of stuff. But I also. I'm really into collecting vintage drums. I know it's not outside of music, so that's kind of breaking the rules here. But yeah, I just actually bought a Rogers kit yesterday from the 70s, and it's never ending. So really into that. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Definitely like to exercise when possible, too. <laughs> but nice. uh, that's pretty much it. It's a lot of music and then some other stuff on the side. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that seems to be the life of a musician, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. Nice. Uh, okay, so I'm going to ask a question that might be a little bit out there for you guys, but what are some of the dumbest rumors you have ever heard about yourselves? Okay, let me think about this. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. There's been a couple times where the radio has like just like thought we were doing stuff. And like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm bad is playing us. Two man acoustic set. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> in our life. <laughs> Wait, do you mean band or personally? Band, right? Does it, yeah, it doesn't matter, man. Band works. Okay, no, <laughs> let's go with band. I, okay, I, <laughs> I defaulted to personal, and I, anyway, let's go band. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I remember that. that yeah, they were like <laughs> the two man acoustic, and we were listening. Yeah. And we were like, when? Yeah. We're like, who's, who are the two men? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's a, That was a pretty funny one. Um, got to think. I know there's more. Uh, it's it's mostly been like funny rumors on the radio, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> mostly it's just been a little bit of misinformation. About yeah, it. yeah, totally. Uh, oh, there was <laughs> this is the one we just talked about. We played Riflandia last year, and oh, it was published in the program that we had beef with another band called Twin Bandit, but like I don't think I'd met them before that. Me neither. I'd heard their name, no idea like I didn't know anything about them and it was so weird. I was like we're like it was published. Like yeah. it was like it was a very nice magazine. Yeah, it was like news to everybody else about us that we we're supposed to have beef with these two girls um in like a kind of like a pop folk duo. It was super strange <laughs> and we were so confused but and I never ended up meeting them either, so we never got to settle the beef. I maybe they still think we have beef. I'm not sure. Yeah. If you're listening, they you don't have beef. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. That, they, yeah, probably, like, they were probably hiding the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty scary, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it's> pretty terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, before I ask you one last question, where can people find you guys? Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've got, like, I think most of the, the usuals covered. You know, iTunes, Spotify, radio as much as we can. Uh, we got a website, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of us, um, Bandcamp. Yeah, it's all just Band of Rascals, like, at Band of Rascals, um, and then our website is bandofrascalsmusic.ca. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to find us, actually, if you just Google Band of Rascals now. So um, the SEO is doing its work. Nice. That's good to hear. 
All right, so last question. Do you guys ever experience any writer's block or any moments where you guys don't want to play shows or anything, and how do you get through that? Uh, do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't really get the show thing. Like, I, I really like playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so writing can be tough. But, like, yeah. we just, like, we just recently started writing a new thing. And the three gems before that didn't really yield any results. But we just did them anyways. And all of a sudden, it resulted in what we were looking for. Yeah. So it's like, it, I don't really even know if writer's block is a thing. It's just that you're working through until you get to the good idea. It's just part of the process. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah you got to go through terrible stuff or nothing to get to the maybe the good stuff and yeah that's actually a pretty example yeah we those jams we didn't do anything and then also um yeah i don't really get the show thing either too much uh there's definitely been times like on the road where i've been really tired but I, it goes away as soon as you start playing so that's totally fine um but the um we got a new board in our jam space a digital one so it's got a bunch of hilarious effects like gated reverb that makes the drum sound like you're actually in the 80s and you're phil collins so um oh, actually man. playing with that though and like <laughs> yeah it's super funny but adding those kind of effects and stuff like that is really inspiring delays and stuff like that like can be super inspiring and um yeah I think it's, um, changes the way you play and i think it's the same for guitar too like just dial in like weird tones or, or whatever and, and you come up with some new stuff just, just keep it fresh right so uh, having that has been really cool to be able to just change the sound in like a second awesome. I think it was Trent Reznor said that there's a song inside of every guitar pedal yeah yeah totally you just gotta find it okay that's good to hear alright thank you guys so much for joining me today yeah no yeah, worries thanks pleasure. for having thank us alright awesome thank you Alright, you guys know what time it is because it's the 20th time that we've done it so far. We're going to go ahead and thank Malcolm and Marcus from Band of Rascals for taking time out of their busy schedules to sit down and talk with me about the history of the band and who they are as individuals. If you guys want to support them or find out more from them, you can do so at any of the places that they listed at the end of the episode that being their Facebook, iTunes, any of those options. Or, if you want to check them out when they're touring in February, these are the locations and the dates in which you can do so. On February 1st, London, Ontario. The 2nd, Ridgeway. On the 3rd, they're going to be playing Hamilton. Then they're taking a few days off, and on the 8th, they're going to be playing Toronto, and then the 9th, Oshawa. After that, they're heading towards the west side of the country. On February 11th, they are going to be playing the Song and Surf Festival that is happening in Port Renfrew, BC. On the 14th, they're going to be in Kelowna. The 15th, Edmonton. 16th, in Red Deer. On the 17th, they're kicking it up in Cold Lake. And then on the 20th, Lethbridge. On the 21st, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. On the 22nd, my hometown, Regina, Saskatchewan. And then after that, on the 23rd, Calgary, Alberta. And on the 24th, they go to Fernie, BC to end it all off. So if you have the opportunity to check out the Rascals during that time, I highly suggest that you do so. I also want to take a moment to thank you guys, the listeners of the Desert Tiger Podcast, for continually tuning in 
and just continually kicking ass. You guys are awesome, and I couldn't do it without you. So wherever you're listening from, whatever you're listening on, and whoever you are, thank you so much for making the Desert Tiger Podcast part of your schedule, part of your day, part of what you listen to. Thank you so, so much. I also want to take a moment to thank Audible and Collar and Elbow. Without great sponsors like them, I wouldn't be able to bring you this show for free every single week. I'm not one of those guys that's going to go and set up a Patreon and hope that you guys are going to pay me for every single episode. I don't think that that's fair. Instead, I ask that you support my great sponsors so that they can continue supporting me. So once again, that's www.audible.com DTP for a free month of Audible and a free audiobook. And at the collar and elbow web store, if you use the code DTP when you are checking out, you're going to get 10% off of your order. So please, guys, support those guys so that they can continue supporting us so that we can continue to bring you the show for free. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And next week on the show, we have a very special guest. All of our guests are very special. Because it's the Desert Tiger Podcast, and we bring you awesome stories from awesome individuals. But next week, we have Kenny Lush, who is not only a member of pop punk slash hardcore band Daggermouth, but Kenny is also a wrestler and has also been trained in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I am very excited for episode 21, and I hope that you guys are too. But before we go, as always, you know, I like to leave you with a little bit of a quote to make you think and to maybe motivate you a little bit. So this quote is from Martin Luther King Jr. as Martin Luther King Jr. Day was earlier this week. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And it's true. If you continue to use hate to try and make a point, people are going to use their hate back in order to try and make their point back. Look at history. It's been repeated multiple, multiple times. So if you're going to try and make a difference in a life, take make a difference with the things you can control. Don't get frustrated and do so with light and love. Until next week, a big whoop whoop! The Desert Tiger Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thanks for listening.